Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Elise Cranny of Bowerman Track Club. Elise is a Tokyo Olympian and two-time U.S. champ in the 5K who came on the podcast to look back on her 2022 season as she wrapped up a spin through the European race circuit. We talked about Elise's growth as a professional runner and her relationship with Bowerman coach Jerry Shoemaker, including the difficult decision to scratch the U.S. 10K champs earlier this year and how that paid off in her racing season. We also talked a lot about the mental side of the sport and the importance of listening to your body and planning for your long-term success over short-term satisfaction. Elise also shared her postseason travel plans, her European laundry strategy, and of course, her love language. This episode of Run Your Mouth is presented by Nike. We partnered with them to help share athlete stories in a way that reflects all the different reasons we choose to run, work out, and find our part of the running community. In my conversations with athletes over the years, one common theme I hear over and over again is that finding the unique ways running brings you joy is the best way to develop a happy, lifelong relationship with the sport. Come run with Nike. For the everyday runner, Nike is committed to motivating, standing by, listening to, and helping from the starting line to the finish line, and every inch, meter, and mile in between. Whether it's a local race, a major marathon, or just to run with friends, get out there and run. Just do it. Check out the Nike Run Club app and come run with us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, follow us wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on social media, and of course, listen to all the other podcasts in the Sidious Mag family. Appreciate your support as always and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. Uh, this week we have a highly anticipated uh, and long awaited guest um, all coming to us from where Where are you right now? Croatia? <laughs> yeah, Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> um, after, after a long week of uh, travel and Europe racing and it sounds like for starters, so the the season is not done quite yet, but it might be wrapping up soon. Like, what does the rest of your your track season look like? Yeah, yeah, it's wrapping up. We got one one more race. Um, racing in, yeah, Zagreb, Croatia on uh, Sunday. Um, actually going to do an eight hundred, which I'm really pumped about. So, started the season with a ten k and ending the outdoor season with an eight hundred, and then think I might uh get to pace the mile too. So excited to do something a little different i was trying to uh trying to do some like split math because i saw you posted on instagram you were matching up with woody for for intervals <laughs> trying to figure out what event that was <laughs> i know i was i like i thought about you know saying what events we were going to do and then i was like i don't know maybe i'll let I'll let people guess where the the paces match up but we were having a conversation yesterday where i was like i feel so so defeated i'm like i'm excited that we can work out but you're you know 3k 5k paces hopefully my 800 pace so <laughs> <laughs> well Woody's a speedy guy so I think there's no there's no shame in that game for sure that's true that's um, very true <laughs> what are you so once it's all wrapped up and you're you're back home like what are you most looking forward to about the postseason yeah um let's see I'm gonna stay over here for a little bit longer and do some traveling so excited to to do some exploring like outside of outside of the track meets and then um 
I guess the big activity once I actually get back to Portland will be will be moving to Eugene. Um, I'm not super excited about the moving process it's, itself, but <laughs> but it'll be good to uh, to get there and get settled and um, be in a new place and kind of navigate something new as a team. So yeah, that'll be that'll be postseason part of postseason as well. <laughs> <laughs> As a as a Stanford alum, is there is there a little Pac twelve bitterness <laughs> to to having the Oregon connection now? Yeah, we were all joking. We were like, we're gonna play a joke on Jerry and just all show up in in our like all of our like college swag gear like the first day of practice, <laughs> um, see what he says. So yeah, definitely a little bit different. Not used to that that green and yellow will be will be everywhere, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of, we were even giving Jerry a hard time for a while. We were like, we can't picture, you know, like you and Shalane and, in green, just <laughs> like so many years of <laughs> seeing them in Bowerman. So, <laughs> and Wisconsin. Like, obviously one of the big exciting things for the Stanford side of you this year is they have such an incredible freshman class of, of women coming in, um, and between that and obviously now like the Oregon connection, you're obviously someone who's been really good for a really long time if you had to think about like what would what kind of advice would you give to a uh let's say a a freshman woman coming into a collegiate running program looking back oh man that's such a good question I don't know I think I think my advice would be just like kind of cherish all of like the new experiences you're gonna have um a couple of us were actually just talking on a run a couple weeks ago kind of about that like reminiscing on like you know what we remember most from our freshman year and I just feel like that first year especially is just full of like so many exciting experiences like meeting people like everything's super new um you know both like as being a part of the team and running but also outside of that so I would just say like you know cherish all those moments and I think especially you know like you mentioned the freshman class at Stanford it's just it's like incredible to see them have um so many women too like um, I just remember that being one of the, you know, highlights of freshman year. Like I was in, there were 10 of us in, um, in my class when we started. And so it's just like getting to know those people and kind of all going through that, that first experience together was something that was really special. And, you know, honestly, what you remember more than even like any of the races or anything like that. So yeah, cherish, cherish kind of all those moments and experiences and friendships. <laughs> as much as I I don't love it getting a a little colder there's always like the excitement of cross country really brings back kind of some of that feeling like it's such a team oriented you know sport and there's kind of that like oh we're all back on campus after being like all over the place all summer it's definitely an exciting time that that makes me makes me a little nostalgic for sure (laughs) I was just gonna say nostalgic is a is the first like word that comes to mind. I mean, I even feel that way like after we take our break after the season, then we all come back and it's like you're just getting updates on what people did in their off season and it's like it's even so much more heightened in college, like when you've been away from each other all summer. So yeah, it is it is such an exciting time. So obviously, like kind of even backing up a little bit, you've had a really long like season you were saying like starting with the 10k like going <laughs> back I mean even going back to you know the big 5k you all did in at BU um you know how do you I I guess like 
manage the kind of the mental, like the racing fatigue side of it. Like I do feel like you see these pros that are, you know, they're racing once, twice a week for, you know, this kind of last Europe chunk of the season. Like I have to imagine it's hard to like stay focused, stay motivated. How do you kind of pace yourself mentally? Yeah. It's funny. I think, I think a lot of us on Bowerman, cause we're always begging Jerry to let us race more. So I think, I think we like come over to Europe and we're like, Oh my gosh, like this is what a lot of people do all of the year. Like, this is amazing. Like we just get to go from like race to race and, you know, not do quite like you're kind of doing more like maintenance training sessions. And it's like, I don't know, it's super fun to just, you know, be going from race to race and kind of get momentum from that. So I think, um, I guess in that regard, it's like, it's kind of fun at this ending part of the season just because I feel like we don't race a ton in the beginning part so it kind of feels like I don't know I feel like when I come over here to Europe and do a bunch of races I'm like really excited um to start racing um and then I think the other thing that's been helpful for me this year is just like doing some different distances like doing um a 3k and then more kind of like 15s and then you know an 800 this weekend is like that kind of keeps it fun and exciting too because it's like I don't know it's not you know more five or tens that I did for a big chunk of the season at the beginning um and I'd say the other thing is just like that at least keeps me going is like being with teammates but then also just like meeting up with other people like a lot of people will go to like the same meets or you'll like you know start you know meeting different people or seeing people that maybe you haven't seen in in a few weeks or in in some races and I feel like that kind of keeps it fun and exciting too because you're like we're all in the same boat we're all you know doing the same thing you just have more yeah friends to run and train with and and you're all kind of experiencing it together yeah speaking of nostalgia I feel like from from what I've seen and and from talking to to folks who do kind of the Europe circuit it's it's almost like a summer camp energy of like everyone's just kind of like (laughs) out there like living out of a suitcase you know um (laughs) I don't know uh somebody was posting the other day about like how bad their uniforms smelled because they've like been (laughs) in Europe for so long how uh, are you prepared or how what is your laundry situation like right now (laughs) yeah it's um it's funny we actually um Woody and I went to uh, Woody and I and Grant went to a, a laundromat the other day when we were in we were in Zurich and then we ran into Joe Klecker there so that was that was really fun we were all like we're all in the same boat trying to get our yeah uniform and clothes <laughs> and clothes not to stink but it is hard because um, I I've kind of learned over the last couple of years like the carry on is definitely the way to go but it's like we've been I mean I think I've been over here for close to five weeks and we'll be here still for another like another week or 10 days so it's definitely um you know you you definitely start to get sick of your clothes and have to make sure you you find laundry because you can't fit that many clothes in the carry-on but we were talking about we were talking about just yesterday we're like all the clothes are getting more and more wrinkly and they kind of have like a smell to them because like you're just like especially the carry-on is like you kind of just have to like shove everything together it's not really space for like oh I got to keep the dirty clothes over here so everything just kind of goes in there so that's yeah it's definitely part of the the not so uh I guess publicized part of, of the <laughs> European travel is the laundry situation <laughs> yeah no one uh like no one judge on Instagram if you start seeing outfits repeating like you're we're just we're just doing <laughs> yeah. what we gotta do <laughs> actually though I feel like 
the first couple of days I was like, wow, I did such a good job packing. I have so many different outfits to choose from. And then after five days, I was like, yep, I'm just going to start re-wearing re all the outfits. <laughs> <laughs> um, just peeking behind the curtain a little bit. Like one of the things I think people are kind of curious about is some of like the nuts and bolts of like how racing works kind of at that point in the season. Like are you know, is your agent bringing races to you? You're talking to Jerry, you're hearing from other runners. Like how did those opportunities kind of like materialize for you in the, in this part of the season? Yeah, it's definitely interesting being over in Europe. Like I think, you know, I've learned that again, the past couple of years of just like, you have to be pretty flexible because there are like, are usually a lot of opportunities, but you kind of don't necessarily know what you're like going to get into or what rate. And sometimes I feel like some of the races, you know, they like maybe will change the distance or, you know, you don't know what they're going to have there. So um, usually I would say it typically works like going through um, going through your agent um, and then, you know, we kind of have to run it by Jerry too and what he thinks is a good plan. But I feel like, you know, before you come over to Europe, having having a tentative plan, but then you kind of have to like throw that out the window sometimes because it kind of depends like, yeah, who can like what what meets you get uh declared in and like I mean that was like with Brussels like I had, had planned to do it and then didn't get confirmed and then um found out like the morning of a couple hours before the race that I got confirmed so you're kind of just like yeah flying by the seat of your pants <laughs> so to speak and like um but again like I said it's kind of fun because you know like there's so many different meets but you know you're gonna know people at every meet so it's kind of fun to be like okay who's racing this who am I going to see who am I going to get to like yeah warm up with train with run with for you know the couple days that you're at a meet but yeah I feel like that's kind of how it works is what can you what can you get into um and what opportunities are available now that you've I mean literally raced all over the world do you have like a favorite stadium favorite spot to race oh man um let's see honestly the I mean I feel like people say this a lot but <laughs> the Monaco track was was amazing um it was incredible um I think though I think the Brussels crowd might be my favorite um I don't love the track itself um it's just like super old and it kind of feels like you're running on concrete <laughs> <laughs> um but the crowd itself there um, I've been there the last two years and it's just like incredible. Um, last year they were doing like the, the wave around the entire stadium. Um, and they just, there's just like such a good um, energy there. So I'd say that's, that's probably one, one of my favorites. And, and on a similar note, like now that you, I mean, you've raced like all these different distances, like maybe not your, your best distance, but what, but what's your favorite distance? the 1500 for sure hands down <laughs> I, I'm with you there I love the mile like I'll just, uh, no I, I'll never truly you know be my best event but it's, it, it has a special place in my heart <laughs> it's just so fun it's so like yeah it's so quick and you just have to be like I don't know super like make decisions on your toes there's like such little room for error than compared to the 15 and the or the five and the 10 and yeah, I just feel like when I finally got to do it again at Monaco after not um, having run one in a while, I was just like, dang, I forgot how much I loved the 1500. <laughs> it's so fun. 
Yeah, I feel like, I mean, one thing we've seen this year, you know, uh, like I've chatted with um with Heather about this a bit, like off the air with faith in the race and, and, you know, some of the Ethiopians too, like, how do you manage the expectations of just knowing like, it's going to go out so hot, like, and I just have to like run my race and know the people are going to come back. Yeah, it is crazy. And I was talking to Heather um, about this and then I was roommates with um, Corey in Monaco. So I was talking to her about it too, because they had both run in Poland, I'm pretty sure before. And they, um, it's like when you first get the pace sheet, it's like you want to go with it and you want to put yourself in it, but you also don't want to be like stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I remember before Jerry was like, just go with the race. And then I called him and I was like, Faith wants to go through a world record pace. She wants to go through in like 201 or 202. And he was like, oh yeah, we're not going to do that because that's going to be a really, a really painful way to try to run, <laughs> to try to run fast. So I think it is, it's like really about kind of I feel like running the race that you're in. So like being, you know, with the group that you want to be with and then trying to, to race those people, I think. And um, yeah, I would say like, you know, kind of like you said, and I, th- I would say that's what um, I feel like from watching Heather, you know, has done a really good job this year of like, just like really picking people off um, in races, like toward the end, like I feel like she gets out in a, in a really good spot and then makes, you know, but can you can serve a lot of energy by doing that. And then she makes like, you know, a push at the end. And so I feel like I'm still trying to, to learn how to do that a bit better in the 1500, not like go out balls to the wall and kind of blow my load. But um, yeah, I think it definitely is about, you know, trying to, to run your own race and like, you know, use like the people around you to help bring the most out of yourself. Um, while also being like realistic with like, okay, what's a good spot to be. <laughs> And and you've mentioned it a couple of times. And one of one of my favorite questions to ask some of your teammates is um what uh what your personal relationship with Jerry is like. Cause I think <laughs> everyone has a slightly different answer to that question. And you you get an interesting window into that dynamic um from, from hearing <laughs> how different folks relate to him. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um yeah, I feel like I I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. That's a great question. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty like independent person. So I usually like, I don't know, to a fault, probably try to do things like on my own. So I, I usually just, I'm like, I don't know. I think that's something I'm still trying to work on. Honestly, is like being better at communicating, <laughs> communicating <laughs> with them. Cause I'm usually just like, yep, got it. Like I'll do, you know, I'll do what you say. But um, I think the the thing that I just you know love most about him as a coach is just like the energy that he brings and I feel like he really knows how to get the most out of all of us and so um yeah I would say that's a big part of my relationship with him is just you know the way that you know he is at you know practice or races and helping you you know believe that you can go do something really special and getting you excited to do that and you know I think that's when that like kind of passion and energy comes through um to the athletes that's that's something that that really excites me but yeah I think I think it's definitely gotten better over the years I think when I first joined I was super out of shape and had done like no training at all similar to what (laughs) what he had so I think he was like probably like what is this girl doing here she's finishing like 50 percent of the workouts but I think 
I think he knows me better now and he knows that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to work hard and, and do the best I can. So, yeah, I think we, we started a little rocky. So he's like, like, you know, at least you like to work hard. And I was like, yeah, but these workouts are just way, I'm way in over my head. I am way too deep. <laughs> we got, I, I think it was on the city of smag show at worlds. We got a hysterical story from Courtney about trying to run an all out 400 when she first joined the group. <laughs> and I think she said she ran like at like 69 seconds or something. And Jerry was just flabbergasted. <laughs> um, when <laughs> When you first joined, so were you like a super low mileage person in college? Like, was that kind of, what was the biggest like adjustment for you when, when you joined the team? Yeah, I think it was, um, I, yeah, I think toward the end I'd gotten injured like a lot the second half of college. So my mileage was pretty low and just like the volume of workouts, um, was low compared to what we were doing. So like, I don't know, I think one of the first workouts, I did was um like I think it was like three by three mile and it was like I in college it's like I do a three mile tempo at like I don't know five to ten seconds slower than Jerry was having us do three by three mile and I remember finishing the first one and I was like that felt like an all out like 5k <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> the people on the team do two more of these um so stuff like that, or it was like, you know, we'd be doing two hundreds and it's like, I'd finish half the reps and he'd be like, why are you stopping? And I'm like, Jerry, like physically I, my legs can't go anymore. Like, I know you're like, why did you finish 50% of the workout? But like, this is, this is my max. So I think just, yeah, adjusting to, to the volume of the, of the workouts. Like, yeah. One of my favorite stories from when I first joined is, um, I was doing what I thought was a speed workout, but it was speed with short rest. So I guess that's more of more of a strength workout and I was doing it with Amy Amy Craig and she was like marathon training at the time and she was just like absolutely kicking my butt and I don't think I could break like 70 seconds and I was like what is going on like I was like I'm coming from like 1500 like she was just like absolutely destroying me so I still love to think to think back on that because I was like I am I'm like, in way I thought I was head. fast and now I'm reevaluating <laughs> <Yeah>. everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting my butt kicked by a marathoner so <laughs> so kind of along those lines and like kind of learning your body and learning kind of like the pro world obviously like the big you know especially with the hindsight of looking back on this year which you know I think anyone can kind of look at it on paper and you know say like oh this went really well for you you know um that decision in may to not run the 10k champs obviously at the time like that that had to have been like a huge weighty decision and, and i know you've talked a little bit about sort of like why you made the decision you made but like what what was that thought process like in the moment and and kind of looking back on it now like how do you find those kind of signals to listen to your, your body and mind when, when clearly something's not clicking and training. Yeah. So I think looking back now, um, it was a decision that was really hard in the moment. Cause it's like, you know, you're, you're thinking so short term, which I think is, you know, what's really important. Um, at least for me about like having coaches, like I need someone there to, you know, hold me accountable and say like, yes, you, you want this right now, but like, let's make the best decision for, you know, like long-term, um, you know, long-term goals and visions. And, um, I think that's where I'm really, you know, grateful that I had coaches that, 
you know, stepped in and were like, okay, it's going to be really hard to forego this like championship and 10 K in the moment. Um, you know, and it's going to be, um, hard to, to miss out on that, but that like, you know, in the end, I think like showing up at USA's and, and focusing on, um, the 5k and then, you know, the rest of the season will be really good. And that's honestly one of the first things that I said to Jerry after USA's, I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you for, you know, basically convincing me not to do the 10k. Um, cause I don't, I don't think I would have been where I was, um, at USA's, you know, to make that team or, you know, then where I was at worlds or, you know, still going, you know, still racing the rest of the season. I've even, you know, thought about that a lot. The last, um, the last couple of weeks is just like, I'm grateful that I'm still, you know, racing over here and, um, able to do some different distances and like have these experiences. And I think, um, yeah, so that was kind of the decision is that he helped me make is like, okay, what's going to be best for, for the long term and to basically like save the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, looking back, <laughs> it was hard in the moment, but definitely the right decision. <laughs> and, you know, obviously just not just for the season, but one thing kind of we're seeing more and more is, you know, the more we know about, you know, training and fueling and, and injury prevention and care and all that stuff, like we're having athletes really extend their careers significantly, you know, and, and we've seen that a lot recently, how much of, you know, your thinking in kind of situations like that is about thinking, you know, I'm, you know, I want to be a top distance runner for the next decade, not just for the next two weeks, you know? Yeah. I think that is, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's incredible. I feel like to see all the people that are, you know, speaking out about that. I mean, even just, I feel like, um, I'm trying to think most recently who I saw, but I think, you know, like Emma and Aisha just speaking out of like, you know, how, you know, they've been able to do it. I think it was maybe Emma, like after, you know, her 10th U S title, like how has she been able to like maintain and be at that level for so long? And a lot of it was like, yeah, strength in the weight room and fueling. And I think, um, again, I think in the sport, that's something that's like, it's so easy to get caught up in, like, in so many levels on kind of that, like, short term, like, short sided of like, okay, this one season, like, this is going to help me, you know, perform. But I think it really is like about that consistency and kind of like long term approach to the sport, which can be really hard. I feel like <laughs> this sport takes so much patience, you know, and like, sometimes, you know, you have to put in a lot of times you have to put in like years and years of work before you see something pay off. But it has to be that, you know, like you said, that consistent work where you're also prioritizing like your like mental health, your physical health, your fueling, like all of those things. Um, and so I think that's I mean, I think that's what's really powerful, too, about even seeing, um, you know, just Sarah Hall, Kira Diamato, just like all of the people that, you know, are running just like later and later um, into their life is, is something that's like really inspiring of like, okay, it's important to take care of your body. Cause you know, we can run for, for a lot, a lot of years and be, you know, performing at a high level for a lot of years. So that's definitely a yeah, motivation, but I still feel like it's so, it's just easy. It's an easy trap to continue to fall back into, <laughs> even when you're really, really aware of it. It's a constant balancing act for sure. And like yeah. you're saying, like, you know, Kira D'Amato, even I'm thinking we were, we were just at the Falmouth road race and, you know, seeing Joni there, like running like age group world records, you know, I think sometimes, especially in the moment of, of being, you know, an elite, you know, professional runner, you forget that like 
running is also something that you presumably, you know, want to have like a healthy, long lifetime Mm -hmm. relationship with too. And like the people that are able to be so successful about that are the people that I think really take like, like almost like an active management approach as they go, rather than being a little like myopic with like just focusing on the next race or the next workout. For sure. I mean, I think that part's so helpful. Like I've thought about that a lot recently. It's like, you know, how do you get into running? And it's like, even, I think even more so over again, over in Europe, when you're just like meeting or running with new people that like aren't on your team and you're running in a really cool place and you're like seeing a city you've never seen before. It's like, I don't know, even just after Brussels, it was like Grant Woody and Heather and I ran together and we just like got to see so much of the city that we wouldn't have seen. And it's like, in those moments, it's like, wow, like running is so special. It's like this thing that's bringing people together. It's like something you can do where you're like, you know, chatting the whole time. And it's like, not something that, you know, like you said, like I want for the rest of my life. And, you know, you want to be able to do that, um, you know, recreationally at any level, like well into like, hopefully, yeah, hopefully for the rest of my life or, or as long as I can. But I think, you know, that's a good thing to keep in mind too, is just like, yeah, how can I keep my body healthy? So I, you know, can keep running because it's something that, that I love to do. And it's like an incredible community. And, you know, kind of somewhat related to kind of the mental management side, you know, one thing I talked to Carissa about a little when she was on the podcast is just how, how, you all manage, um, like, for lack of a better term, like the the media attention, um, you know, of all the various stuff that's happened over the past couple of years with with the team. Um, in your sort of day to day, you know, or, or your interactions on social media, or you know, what kind of articles or websites you're reading, like, how do you kind of find that healthy balance for yourself to to kind of, you know manage all of that stuff coming in from the outside? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I mean, I think a big thing is like, especially before, you know, we were, we were kind of like talking about this as a team, which I think, um, you know, talking about it, like with Carissa, Courtney, with people that are on the team, like that's something that's really helpful. Like sometimes to just like get it out and talk about it as a group. Cause it's something that everyone's experiencing. Um, but I think especially like the past couple of years when there's been kind of big things in the media happening, like right before a major championship. I think that's definitely been something that we've, you know, been working to, to try to navigate. And I think, you know, sometimes that involves um, just like not, you know, getting on as frequently. Like I know for me, usually leading up to championships, I, you know, have been taking a bit of time off social media just so you can like really kind of like try to focus and kind of keep those like good positive vibes so like I don't know sometimes it's just so easy to see one thing and be like oh I'm just gonna ignore that but it you know can really like I don't know I find for me it can really like change my mood or, or impact me so um I think that's definitely something like especially around just like the bigger um kind of races is is trying to you know not not give too much energy um to that necessarily so yeah what's the what's the race day media diet are you like put the phone down, not looking at it at all. Is it like only TikTok? Like what's the, what's the move? <laughs> um, I'm not on TikTok. Courtney's trying to get me on TikTok, which she <laughs> might convince me to do because she was like, it's the best because it has, you can do a lot of stuff that's like not related to running, which I think is nice, like something totally mindless. But yeah, usually race day, I'm, 
I'm a put the phone, put the phone down type person, but um, I'll usually watch some sort of like, I don't know, funny, like feel good show or something that gets your mind off of it, but is yeah, totally unrelated to running. <laughs> what's your, what's your go-to show? Like, what are you, what are you binge? For me, like the, the, I've had a long day show is like always like parks and rec or like development, but what, what is it for you? My one go-to show is um, when I discovered it, like when I discovered it last year, um, is Ted Lasso. And so now that's oh, what sure. I'll usually <laughs> like watch some good, some good feel good, feel good scenes from that. Um, just, yeah, try to keep it, try to keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of like distracting from the running world when you want to be distracted from it, um, obviously, you know, dating your, your teammate and, and a fellow runner, like, how do you guys find carve out that space as someone who is also in a running relationship? That's something I think about. It's <laughs> like, how do you have the, like, we have to think about something that's not running time in, in your life, you know, in, in the off. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I think, um, I don't know. I think like having, um, like a show that we watch together, like, you know, going out to dinner, doing things that, that are kind of out of, um, yeah, out of, <laughs> out of the like practice running situation, um, you know, making time for, for date nights. I think like, that's something that we like have kind of had to like learn, I think over the years, especially when we're at altitude, cause it like feels like you're spending a lot of time together, which you are. Cause it's like, you know, I'm seeing him every day and we're like seeing each other, you know, on runs or at workouts or like in the gym, but it's like, sometimes you can't, I don't know. You can't mistake that kind of for like quality time. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think in the first year we would be like, you know, people would have their, you know, significant others visit. And it was like, wow, I feel like they're, you know, going on more dates and spending, spending more time than we are. Cause it's, it can be deceiving, like feeling like you're, again, you're spending a lot of time, but I think, you know, that's, that's a big thing is trying to do like date nights or things that are really like that, like, you know, conscious kind of quality time, like totally separate from, from running what about you what's your what's your strategy (laughs) um weirdly we we definitely don't talk about running that much like it honestly most of the time like it's zach balancing me out because he's like way less online than i am okay (laughs) (laughs) nice to be or or then like sometimes it goes both ways where it's like me like explaining like all of the garbage backstory of like don't worry darling to him because i'm like like terrible (laughs) uh pop culture consumption habits but um, <laughs> no yeah definitely just like and it's funny because it's like we like really don't run together as much as I think people think that we would like considering that we could probably like run together like every single day and I think uh-huh. especially like that's a good balancing thing of being like sometimes you just need to do your own thing and that like that is very good. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, for sure. <laughs> but as you mentioned, quality time, got to ask, what's your love language? Oh, man, my love language is definitely quality time is first, for sure. What's yours? <laughs> um, I kind of go back and forth between acts of service and physical touch. Like, okay, I, I'm a big like, all like, you know, do the dishes for you kind of person. Like, yeah, yeah. But then I'm also like, I definitely... I'm a, a very like, I'm like a hair ruffler. Like, it's just like, okay. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I love uh, that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's always, that's always a good, we need to bring back love languages. Like that was a big, like, that was a big thing like two years ago. And we we need to start asking people that again. <laughs> yeah, we do. No, I was with, um, we've, yeah, we were in, um, based in, um, London for a little bit between races and me, Woody Grant and, uh, JT were having like a very extended conversation about love languages. So we were, <laughs> we were just talking about this recently. So I always love, love a good conversation about, about people's love yeah, gotta languages. Gotta get in depth. I'm, I'm like not... <laughs> I, I'm not an astrology person at all, but it's like, I, I also get why people like get really into it. Cause it is, it's like fun, but then yeah. I'm also like, this, this is bullshit. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. It's like, but then you're like, I don't know. I can't help but be like super interested in it. Cause you're like, it's actually super fascinating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, speaking of, uh, we do ask all of our guests the same question, three questions at the end of every show. Um, so the first one um, is your Instagram crush. Um, doesn't have to be like literally a crush, can be just like something you're into on the internet. Um, doesn't have to be Instagram, but like, what are, what are you feeling on, on the web these days? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, I'd probably say uh, Rye Benjamin's Instagram is is a vibe for sure. Oh, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> Vanessa um, Vanessa was just we like went down a deep rabbit hole and we were just like, wow, he just really lives the life, and I feel like he has great great content. So I always <laughs> like seeing what what he has to put up. <laughs> that's a good one. I think he, that's probably. I think that's not the first time somebody has has mentioned Rye's uh, Rye social presence. <laughs> um then uh the next one is your go-to karaoke song someone's handing you the mic what are you singing well timed with fifth ab this weekend although i don't know when this episode's gonna come out (laughs) (laughs) i know i am kind of bummed to miss out on fifth ab i feel like i've heard about it for so many years that it's just like an epic an epic race and then celebration (laughs) um oh man i might go with every time we touch oh kind of like a yeah, it's just like a great sing along. You can also just like kind of bop and dance to it too, like good energy. So yeah, I think I think that's gonna yeah. be my get answer. the crowd fired up, like no matter what. <laughs> Everyone can sing song. along, drown out my voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is that is a great choice. And uh last but not least, your death row meal. You're going to the chair, you get one more meal, anything you want to eat, what are you eating? Oh gosh. Um oh man. Um, I'm going, oh, that's such a hard question. I think I'm going sushi and carrot cake. Weird combo, but I respect it. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like one of my favorite foods and a a good dessert. So I think, yeah, that's what I would do. (laughs) Big, big cream cheese frosting. Like that's the, yes, yes. Tons of like lots of layers, like lots of layers of cream cheese frosting in between every layer for sure. Fair enough. Respect it. (laughs) (laughs) Good choices all around. Um, Well, good luck this weekend. Well, the listeners will already know how you ran. So like, we'll just, you know, 
fill it in here. Like she ran 157. It was amazing. Um, great, wow. Great okay. 157. <laughs> that would be great. I would love 157. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, th thanks for coming on. Uh, I hope you you get some rest um, and and uh, that you enjoy the, the post uh, season rest and relaxation as well. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Without you.